Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic, what makes the best leaders so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I'm John LaRita, your host today and tomorrow, but not over the last couple of weeks. I know, I know what you're thinking. What the, where the hell did you go? Well, I missed all of you. Believe me, I missed producing these podcasts. Um, fact of the matter is I was hit with COVID. Yuck, horrible. Bad time, holiday time. It was like the week of Christmas, and uh, I don't know how I got it. I don't know where it came from. I'm fully vaccinated, and I still got it. So uh, it is what it is. Uh, but I will say for those of you who are out there who have not gotten it, it is the what I got was actually really mild. Uh, for what it's worth, it did not um, keep me uh, necessarily podcast ready and voice strong. But aside from that, I mean, you know, all things considered, it was relatively mild compared to all the other cases or a lot of the other cases I've heard of. So if you uh, have it or got it or uh, are dealing with it right now, I wish you the best. If you have not, do your best to stay safe and healthy and keep your family healthy. But um, hence, that was the reason for my absence. I think that's the first time I've ever used the word hence on this show. Hence, that was my absent, my my uh, alibi or reason for being absent of the last few weeks, a uh, couple weeks at least. So great to be back. Uh, I did miss all of you big time. I miss doing these podcasts. Uh, I greatly appreciate your feedback and all the kinds of stuff you've been doing. Um, I've had people ask, hey, what's going on? How come I haven't seen any new episodes? I appreciate that. That tells me that you're listening and you look forward to these. Um, and as much as I look forward to giving them and producing them. And again, a lot of my best content comes from you. So keep the ideas coming. Um, in fact, almost, I will say most of my ideas and content comes from you. So uh, please keep uh, sharing your thoughts and asking questions, uh, referring guests. If you know great people, they'll be great guests for the show. Uh, it was a great 2021. Uh, the The show itself grew significantly. And uh, to be honest with you, I can't necessarily say a rhyme or reason other than just the audience grew and uh, people shared it and sent it to other people and got new listeners. So um, we've grown significantly over this last 12 month period of time. And I think 2022 is even going to be better. I know it will be. So in any event, um, I wanted to uh, start with a story and lead it into today's episode. So while uh, during the holidays, I got out, got a chance to play golf. By the way, North Carolina, it was 70 degrees from Christmas to New Year. I was in shorts. It was unbelievable. Now, I will say a little disclaimer. Right now, it's January 3rd, Monday, and it snowed here. There was almost a 50-degree drop or 40-degree drop in temperature. Uh, tonight, it's supposed to be in the 20s. So yeah, North Carolina still gets some cold weather and snow, just a few flurries. Now it's bright and sunny out. It looks like it's 70 degrees as I'm looking outside my window. But uh, wow, it was amazing being in shorts during the holidays and t-shirts. It was just incredible. 
one of the one of the many reasons I've moved down here. So um, in any event, here's here's the scoop. So I I uh, got a chance to golf uh, a few times over this break, which was great. I golfed with my dad, my brother-in-law, my son Nick, um, and uh, we had a we had a blast. So one of the times we went out to golf, we booked a tee time, and it was. A course that was I hadn't played on for a long time. I played on it once and it was, you know, it's maybe a half an hour away. So it wasn't one of our regular courses that we necessarily go to. I golf a lot, as you know, with my dad and my son and my and my brother-in-law. And um, so we went to this course. Uh, we got a tea time. It was not that easy to get a tea time because it was right in the middle of the holiday week. And uh, we get out there. Now, one of the things that had changed, we booked a foursome. For those of you that know golf, obviously, uh, they you know put the foursomes together. Maybe every six or seven minutes, they start a foursome. I mean, they run it like a pretty tight ship. So I get it. You know, that's you got a busy crowd. You got to manage it. Well, this was a course that was really not a very high level course. And it was kind of a, you know, lower level, but fun type of course. And usually in those types of courses, you can get away with, um, sometimes getting five people out. Now, we did not plan this, but uh, we asked my nephew, Gavin, kind of last minute if he'd have an interest in joining. He said yes, and we were like, awesome, great. So needless to say, because we've done it successfully at some other courses, figured, okay, we'll just go there. I'm sure they can work us in some way. Well, I get up to uh, pay the you know greens fees. I go into the pro shop, and I say, hey, listen, we, we actually have five is it okay if we just have five, you know, out in our foursome? And he said, no, can't do that. No, not at all. And I said, okay, got it. Um, well, I guess then we'll split up into a three and a two. And he said, uh, no, can't do that either. I said, really? Why? He said, we're just, we're too crowded. We can't split you up. I said, really? I said, well, how about if we go, you know, out as a fivesome and we'll just have four people playing? We'll just have one of the guys, you know, two of the guys inner, you know, swap one hole to another and just literally so we won't affect the speed of play at all. We'll just have four guys golfing at any one time. And he said, nope, can't do that. Uh, I said, well, why? What's the I mean, we're not affecting the pace of play or anything like that. He said, well, you know, the, the other golfers are going to get angry if they see that. I said, really? I said, so I said, we've driven half an hour here. I said, we're well, we're on time. We're ready to go. I said, yes, I know we have five, but you're telling me that we can't golf. We basically have to give up our foursome because we're not going to send one guy home. We're literally not going to golf. So you're telling me that's the only option. And his answer was, yep, that's all we can do. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? I said, you're not even going to try. I'm thinking to myself, okay, this guy's not even going to try to help us resolve this issue. And it's not that hard. I mean, in reality, I've been golfing for, you know, decades and I've really never run into an issue like this. And I know some of you avid golfers out there are like, hey, listen, rules are rules. You got foursomes. I get it. But at least make an effort to try and resolve the situation. And so the other guy, come, another guy comes over who obviously at this point, uh, based on how he resolves it, I realized after the fact that this was the manager, this other guy was just, I don't know what he, who he was, but I explained the situation to the guy. I barely got the sentence out and he says, okay, no problem. We'll just put you guys as a three and a two. I'm like, okay, great. Thank you very much. And I just, the look on this other guy's face was almost anger. The other first guy, because, you know, n simply because he lost his power 
and and his boss did the right thing it was obviously an easy solution yet the first guy noah was his name noah felt like he was on a power trip and nope can't do it can't do it nope absolutely not there was no effort to even try to resolve it i would have actually been better had he said you know what even if in his mind he knew there was no way let's say there were slam packed there was just no way there was no solution it would have been better if he just said you know what I feel for you, man. I'm sorry. Let me just give me a minute. Let me go talk to Mary. Let me see if there's anything we can do. Had he gone back, spent a minute, he could have gone in the bathroom for all I care. Had he come out and been like, ah, I'm sorry, man. I really, we, I wish we could do something different. If his attitude was different and it show, and he seemed like he made a little bit of an effort, I would have been totally fine. I wouldn't have been happy to leave there. We probably would have gone somewhere else to try and get on, but. I would have at least appreciated that he made an effort. And I would have looked back at myself and said, you know what? My screw up. I should have called, which it was. You know, I should have called in advance. Um, But I would have just then, I would not have had any negative feelings toward the course. But in the end, they resolved it. And the right person did the right thing. But the other guy, now, you know, here I am doing a podcast on it. I'm not going to name the name of the course because they end up resolving it. But, um, you know, bottom line is, I'm like, how easy is it Some people have such an easy time saying no. They look for, they just, they don't want to go the extra mile. They don't want to go the extra inch to try to find a solution. And bottom line is a no in business for a a customer, it makes them feel unwanted, unvalued, unappreciated, unimportant. And, And for somebody who works for you, a no is deflating Sometimes it's frustrating and, and angry and sometimes it's embarrassing. You know, sometimes somebody asks for something, they stuck step outside their comfort zone and they get a flat no. It's just, it doesn't lead to anything very productive. Now, that's not to say you've got to say yes to everything. You can't. You obviously can't. In fact, I, m- one of the bigger problems that leaders have sometimes is to say yes to everything. They don't want to say no. They have a problem saying no. That's not my message. My message is when you're in a situation where you ha- when you feel you do have to say no or there's just no option or whatever the case is, just think through it and think through, is there actually an option? Because there might be a solution to get around different problems. You know, I remember I, I, had, I had asked for somebody's help on something. Uh, I, was, I was putting something together for a client and, and I'd asked for somebody's help. This was a long time ago. And um, and. I had gone to one person who I thought could help me fix something or do get something done. And um, their response was, nope, I can't, I can't, can't help you with that. And I'm like, okay, well, it's kind of in your category of what you do. All right. I just naturally assumed you'd be the person you could, you could do that. And his answer was just so flip and it was just, nope, can't do it. I'm like, all right. And then I kind of thought of that person as somebody that I can't go to in the future if, if for help or support. And it just, it didn't do much to build the relationship. So my point is that response could have been, you know, no, I can't, or here's, I don't have the skills or I don't have the resources. I don't have the equipment. I don't have the know-how, whatever, but here's somebody who I might suggest going to. That's all that would have actually paved the way for, I would have looked at that as a valuable interaction, not one that was deflating that led to a dead end. There was nowhere to go after that. Then I just had to kind of back up and figure out, okay, well, what do I do now? And how do I figure this out on my own? Um, The bottom line is when you're in that situation, 
think through what are the possible issues. And if you're on the other side of this, you know, I think about this as as both the leader and the follower or the company and the customer. Both sides can do things to get around a no. The leader or the person that's being asked something that has to give a no can say, hey, no, I can't approve that expenditure, but I could ex- I, I can't approve that $20,000 expense, but I could approve something that's 10,000. So can we be creative and figure out a way to deliver the same thing and get the same thing done for less? That's a better answer than a no. Or, hey, no, I can't give you control or uh, I can't, I'm not going to put you in charge of that uh, project. Okay, just a flat out no is deflating. But how about, hey, no, I'm not going to right now. And here's the reasons why. But I appreciate, number one, you wanting to take leadership on it. And here's what I will do. I will keep you in mind for the next ones. I want to see you grow. I want to see you take an opportunity like this. So because you brought it to me, I now have you on my radar screen and I will keep that in mind for future projects. Great. That no actually suddenly turned into somewhat of a positive step. And that person feels good that they at least made that request. But a flat out no just doesn't work. So think about what are the, in this situation, the no came from the fact maybe this guy Noah at the golf course was just lazy. Didn't want to, it just was easier to say no. Maybe it was because he was afraid of the other golfers giving him crap because he was the one who let, you know, there's a lot of people that just say no because they don't want to put themselves out there and be responsible for the decision of yes. Right. They don't want the repercussions if it comes back at them. They just don't want to deal with that. Right. So it's easier just to say no. Hey, no. You want to do that? No, it's out of the box. It's something different. It's not our normal thing. No. There's so many people that just their flat out response is no, because they don't want to be on the hook for having made the decision of yes. So maybe that's the workaround. Maybe it's, hey, would you be okay if I did this? And I will take ownership for this. If this does not work, it's 100% on me. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes that can get around the no. In this case with the golf course, you know, the problem for Noah was apparently other golfers complaining. Okay, well, you know, knowing that, maybe I can say, hey, listen, you know, if there's, is there a way for me to do this? And maybe the option was not to have us back to back, a three and a two, but maybe we put out, you know, three of our guys out now and, is there another spot that's a little more open in a half an hour and these guys will grab a sandwich in the pro shop, in the clubhouse, whatever. You know, maybe that was a solution that would lead to less risk of him having some backlash from the other golfers. So bottom line, um, do what you need to as a leader to come up with other options. A no is, is absolutely warranted for many, many times. Believe me, I've been in many, many situations where as much as I wanted to give a yes, that just there was clear cut no there, but at least give something in addition to that, an explanation. Here's the reason why. Maybe sometimes as the leader, I can bounce it back to that person and say, hey, listen, here's what I'm faced with. Here's the reason why it's a no. We don't have the money in the budget or we don't have, we have these limitations. We have to be, fit within these parameters. We've got these expectations we got to deliver on. So help me find another solution. What you're coming to me, to me with, I cannot do. We can't do it for these reasons, but let me put it back on you. Think through this. What other ideas or options, given what I just told you, do you have? 
Okay, now as a leader, what I'm doing there is I'm giving some room, I'm showing the willingness to try to get to a yes, if it makes sense, if it makes good business sense, and here's the parameters that we're gonna make that decision on. But I'm also empowering that person, right? It's a good leadership development thing. I'm giving that, I'm putting that person in the cockpit. Hey, you fly the plane. I'm giving that person the opportunity to put the leader hat on and the general manager hat on and, and think through this like a business owner and come up with another alternative solution. That's a great exercise. Leaders don't do that enough, okay? So the more as a leader, you can put some of that decision-making ability in other people's hands, give them the context to which you know they need to make the decision based on, and give them the ability to come up with some creative solutions. A lot of times they'll come up with stuff that you would never come up with or your team would never come up with. So uh, don't be afraid to go beyond just the simple no. Okay, that's my key message. So uh, as always, I hope this helped. Uh, just some thoughts, a little bit of a story. I got lots more coming up. Believe me, I had two weeks to just think. And I got a long list of podcasts that I'm just dying to do. So I'm podcasting a lot. So stay tuned. Uh, as always, I appreciate your thoughts, your ideas, your comments. Share, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff. Go down below, get five-star review. Greatly appreciate it. And last but not least, if you know of organizations, yours or others that are looking for a keynote speaker, uh, I'm out there doing them now or doing them live in person events. Uh, most companies have opened those up now starting in 2022. So feel free to reach out to me and we can talk about it. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P dot com. Thanks. Lead on.